Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? It is Friday, July 24th, and it is a good day. Beautiful uh, it day, is a, people. Beautiful. It is a good day to have a sports podcast in 2020. <laughs> um, imagine that. Our first day with sports to talk about on our podcast. This is a this is a paramount day. Yeah, this is a huge day. Um, later today, we're going to have some, you know, the rest of the MLB playing. Uh, last night, you saw... I mean, uh, you saw the Yanks and the Nats, and you saw the Giants and the Doyers. Absolutely. Um, you're gonna, like I said, you're going to see the rest of the league um, later today and into uh, into, into tonight. But it's just it's great to see sports back. Oh, yeah. I've never seen so many people on Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, actually be talking about baseball. Yeah. It's um, especially in an excited tone. Look, um, guys, I know there were a lot of question marks coming into today and, and with the start of the season, but – what I saw today, uh, we're we're gonna get into a lot, so might as well hop right into yeah, it. Yeah, I do want to say one thing before we even get to the uh, actual baseball aspect yeah, of it. Yeah. So we saw two different two different um, ballparks obviously roll out this uh, first, you know, I guess plan, you know, of attack. And I have to say, so Washington had no cardboard cutouts or whatever. They left behind the uh, yeah, they were empty, empty behind stadium. the plate. Behind the plate, um, just the normal seats. I think it's like Delta Airlines on the seats, just normal yeah. normal seats. Uh-huh. And um, but then in LA, you actually had cardboard cutouts. You know, people pay. I think it's like two hundred thirty nine bucks or something like that to pay to have your face on the cutout. Yeah, but I liked it. I, I think I it, liked it. I'm not gonna lie; it kind of <laughs> added. It almost made it feel a little bit more normal, just seeing something in the. Seats. I mean, yes, it's putting lipstick on a pig. You know, I mean, <laughs> obviously, we would love for real people to be there. Yeah, but it's kind of cool seeing yeah. the seeing the cardboard cutout. I'm here for it. It's yeah. better than nothing, people. Look. It's better than nothing. You can't win them all, so I mean. If you take little victories like that, maybe it's, you know, adding a little bit more crowd noise or, you know, right. eventually filling up more of the stands with those cardboard cutouts. I'm here for or it. Or even, you know, hopefully we get to the point um, this season get, where like, we could even start putting real people in the stands. Even if um, it is like 25, I know, I know 25%, um, but even let's not jump ahead of ourselves. Even if we can convince or, you know, get the uh, governments and the leagues to agree to even 10 to 15% capacity. I'm here for it's it. something. Anywhere. Anyone, anything, anyone. Plus like, let's not discount the fact that, so you got less seats or less people being allowed into the game, which means the tickets are going to go, the price are going to go through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's basic supply and demand here. Right. Basic and supply and demand, the demand super high. Yeah. People would love to just do anything right now, especially go watch sports. Oh, for sure. Especially sports and the supply is low. Look, here's High the demand, thing. low supply. Here's the thing. I, coming into today, I, was, I wasn't I was skeptical, but I was curious to see how things were going to work out um, and how, how things were going to look with this whole uh, COVID situation and how baseball was going to change. And, guys, it felt really good to watch the baseball game again. <laughs> it like, felt amazing to just kick back. Watch the game. Yeah, you know, indulge in a beverage. Just, just 
relax. Basically, just relax and actually watch live sports other than the KBO <laughs> at six thirty in yeah, the morning. Absolutely. Um, I think continuing this non baseball theme. Seeing people wear masks on the field that was weird. Okay, yeah. Paula Sandoval wore masks. That was weird to me. Seeing first? people in play wearing a game i'm all for it in the dugout you know you got to do what you got to do it's all i guess i don't know what the regulations are but with personal calls personal call i think in the dugout but seeing people on the field where i thought was a little bit weird i did i thought it was a little strange but Uh, hey i'm also not the person out there you know putting my health on the line so i mean they got to do whatever they got to do anything that brings sports back i don't care listen politics aside (laughs) did we see fauci's first like opening pitch that wasn't (laughs) anywhere close to where it was supposed to go it was pretty funny i'm sorry it 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 was definitely funny yeah um but whose pitches did not look bad was garrett cole yeah garrett cole i mean you're talking about five innings pitched one hit given up one earned run one walk and five strikeouts. Dude was on fire. Did you mentioned um, the hit by pitch. Only oh, three yeah. base runners, right. though. Three base runners. He did hit somebody. He had one hit by pitch. Uh, they were done after six and a half. Yankees win four to one. They go on to beat the Nationals. Five and a half. Uh, so we yeah. had six and a half here. Um, five and a half. Five and a half. Uh, and then you have, I mean, some stat leaders. Judge looked great. He I did. think Judge looks like he looks like a team captain this year. Stanton, no, he, and he looks like not only a team captain, he looked like he could be an MVP caliber player. I know there's only one run, one RBI, two or three, but just his at bats look good. He looked, he just looked good. And the fact I actually we watched the game together, um, me and Luke here, and uh, I said he he struck out in his only like he's two for three. The one time mm-hmm. he got out, he struck out, mm-hmm. and the very next um, bat or whatever. A run scores. The very next at bat, a run scores. Right, and he is the first person at the top of the stairs, given a uh, you know social distance high five, whatever. But congratulating, team. congratulating his teammate for scoring a run, and that is what to me that stood out from to me, maybe even more than than his abs. I thought he did look really good at the plate, but he seemed to be taking that next step forward as a leader, as a leader and just a team guy, um, coming into his own for sure with the Yankees. I think this is going to be a big year for him. I want to jump in. I want to talk about uh, Stanton. Also went two for three like Judge, but and had a run, but three RBIs. And clobbered and, a two-run. An absolute nuke of a home run, 459 feet. To get him started, too, first inning. Right. The guy was on fire. He did what he needed to do. New York, you should be I, – I think our power rankings – Listen, I think our power rankings that we put up on our Instagram – I think they're kind of being proven right now. Well, uh, at, least, from, at least the number one spot. Aside, is, from, aside from the Dodgers. But here's the thing. Uh, also, shout out to our Instagram account. We had we're getting tons of likes on and a lot of um, you know feedback on our predictions for the AFC West and our MLB power rankings. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah we got the Yanks right there on top. Yep, we got the Yanks on top. Or, me and Tim's predictions, at least. We have the Yanks, then the Dodgers. The Astros, the Twins, the Braves, the Rays, the Nationals, the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the A's. And that's our so, I mean, top 10. Yankees look really good. The Dodgers, although it was kind of close all game, they ended up yeah. pulling away and they showed that their lineup can right. be definitely potent. I and mean, absolute. Just a machine, one through nine. Got, especially with the DH this year, too. Got something else here for the uh, Yankees-Nationals game. Scherzer's numbers were strange to me. Pitched five and one-third inning. Um, 
gave up six hits, okay, four earned runs, and four walks. Strangely but, high for but him. Here's the thing that, that's weird for me is he had eleven strikeouts. I, I did see that, but to me that, that isn't weird though, because he they showed the graphic on um you know on the on the during the game today. What was it on was that on ESPN, I think? Yeah, it was on ESPN. So they showed they showed the graphic and he is number one in pretty much every swing and miss and or strikeout category. He was no he's number one since two thousand twelve mm-hmm. um in, in swing and misses inside the zone, outside the zone. He's number one in pretty much every uh, – they, they list, I think it was five or six categories that he is number one in, and they're pretty major swing and miss and strikeout categories. Mm-hmm. So that to me doesn't shock me. What is more shocking is the is the four walks. Right. And I think one of the things you can blame – or not blame, but kind of look to for answers is the short and spring training. I think that does have something to do with it. I know the announcers were mentioning in the game um, – you know, that these guys, you're seeing a lot of um, hitters dominating right now because the pitchers haven't had a lot of time uh, to get ready for the season. I think as the season progresses, we're going to see those pitchers start to settle in a little bit more. I'm predicting for tomorrow, we're going to see a lot of walks. We're going to see a lot of high ERAs. But I think as we get moved through the weeks, especially into next week, once they've gotten at least maybe a, a He's series, start to get back to slight, slight normality. The, the pitchers will start to have the advantage again, especially once they start to see the hitters more and more. So, uh, I do want to talk about uh, the Nationals a little bit. They didn't look too great tonight. Um, One hit, and it was a home run. Adam That's Eaton, it. Adam Heaton, or Eaton, Adam Eaton. Uh, only hit of the game on two at bats. It was a home run. I mean, he he had pretty good. I mean, it was a right. solid hit. We, I mean, but if that's the only hit of the offense. When you're missing Soto, it's tough. It's going to be tough when you're missing your number one guy. Oh, it's incredibly tough. I mean, I'm going to get into it a little bit later, but he's a budding superstar. Mm -hmm. Um, And and missing him, it hurts. And not only – so maybe even Juan Soto goes, what, one for two, one for three. I mean, say say that's that's what he goes in that game. It's not just what he does statistically. His energy and leading that team. That's what to me makes a huge difference, and um, I think they definitely missed that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, today, and you know, with this COVID thing, it's not like he just went down with a normal injury. He's got to be completely separate from the team, right? And he has to test negative twice. I think it's twice. You have to test negative twice to be allowed back into baseball. Um, you know, your normal activities, and I've, I'm pretty sure that's what we're just seeing. The I think that's the rule. Right, even if you just have a regular office job, you have to test negative twice, and I think that's what the MLB is doing too. I don't know. I'm not sure, but so I mean, like like you said, um, they they definitely missed them. Uh, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about a new rule that I was actually just brought to my attention while watching um, these games tonight. Well, you know, last night. Um, just the the rule about. Three batters minimum. Oh, right. For a pitcher to face. Uh huh. Are we taking all the strategy out of games? I mean, do you so, guys really want the game sped up that so much? It's a, it's a DH everywhere, which I don't mind it, but it does take the strategy of double switches. You know, when to hit for your pitcher, when not to. Lefty maybe taking your pitcher out. Matchups. Yeah, maybe even taking your pitcher out an inning early because his batting slots like it, that. There's a lot of strategy that goes into that. 
there's also a lot of strategy that goes into lefty on lefty matchups, even lefty on righty if it ends up benefiting. So it's just there's a lot more strategy and three three hitters minimum, like that's annoying. Yeah. I don't I hate that rule. I do not I no. Nope. Yeah, well, congratulations to the Yankees getting that first win of the season, four to one. Yeah. Um, even though it was cut short due to the rain. But now I want to get into and talk about the Giants and the Dodgers a little bit. Dodgers winners in that one, eight to one. And that was our first full game that we got to see this season. Um, Dustin May, four and a third innings pitch, seven hits, one earned run, no walks, and four Ks. I was impressed. At his damage control. Right. I mean, like, look right there. Seven hits and, and four and a third. And only one earned run. Only one earned. Which, I mean, he also had a relief pitcher. I don't remember his name. Big lefty uh, that came in and, and saved him from the two runs he had on base mm-hmm. that would have belonged to him if had they scored. So, I mean, shout out to that relief pitcher, definitely. But, I mean, Dustin May's damage control was, was superb. And I think as a young pitcher, that's important. Yeah. Um, I think young pitchers have tend to tendency to dwell on the hit or the two hits or whatever that they let up. It seemed like he had a quick memory, wiped it off. He did. Got big strikeouts very, and big moments and got big outs. Very resilient. And that's uh, that's something you like to see, especially from a, a guy like him, who you're hoping that can progress and take those next steps to become maybe the future. Oh, absolutely. Them. Especially because, I mean, you got Walker Bueller, who I think is obviously a Cy Young candidate, and I think he's going to be a top five, top ten pitcher in the league for years to come. So if you could add – you know, kind of a a Robin to that Batman. We're not even talking about Clayton Kershaw, just the young guys who are going to be there for an extended period of time. We don't know how much time Kershaw. I would I would say he's got at least four or five good years left. Yeah, and and um, the nice thing about having a guy like Kershaw around Dustin May is you're going to get a lot of a lot of coaching and a lot of experience, great experience. being passed great down. Great experience um, with just a lot of help. They have a lot of good experience in that organization. Yeah, um, pitching wise. Yeah, we're going to flip over here to the Giants side of it now. Johnny Cueto. Four innings pitched, five hits, one earned, one walk, and three Ks. Looked very good early, though. He did look good. Here's the thing. Johnny Cueto. You're not, not a fan. Not the happiest. I I mean, I always know he does. He has that weird wind-up from the stretch where he'll, he'll turn almost. Twists almost looks like he's going to uh, you know, pick off to second base. Using the inside move, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cueto seemed a little too much tonight. That he was doing a little too much, almost bordering bordering on bush league a little bit, man. Because <laughs> I'm I mean, for messing with time, but it listen, did get a little bit annoying. Listen, he's stopping abruptly, shimmying, and then delivering the baseball. And the thing that's making me mad is these hitters. They're getting their foot down. They're in the right time. They're they're ready to hit. And they're going to see 83 cross the plate because he has no momentum because he stopped his whole movement. And you can't put that in play? I don't know. It's going to get figured out soon. And, well, I mean, and he's hitters been are doing just going to absolutely doing it crush for him. Years. Well, I, I think I'm also a little bit biased because I really wanted to see that Dodgers lineup absolutely rake off him. I mean, being from Pittsburgh, not a fan of Johnny Cueto to begin with, just because, you know, the he's from Rivals. I nothing against him personally. Just, you know, as a baseball player, like we used to root against them. It's like kind of like flip, you know. So yeah. I'm still gonna kind of root against them, especially when he's facing such a sweet lineup. I really wanted to see what they could do, what kind of damage they could do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I give him credit; he kept them off balance for the first what four, three, four. about three innings, oh. fourth inning he got um, touched up a little bit. Uh, so 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're but all... uh, I mean, he did well. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. He did well for three innings. Like I said, got got a little bit hurt in that fourth inning and um, ended up getting pulled because they started to figure it out a little bit. But like I said, I, I think I'm biased because I, I wanted to see that Dodgers lineup break. Hitting wise, though, from the Dodgers, Enrique Hernandez had a great day: five at bats, four hits. <laughs> Two runs and five RBIs. Yeah, yeah, he did really well. He's kind of like an unsung hero um, of that team a little bit. I mean, look at Mookie Betts, one for five. Cody Bellinger, one for four. So, I mean, they weren't really doing anything crazy here. I mean, Kike Hernandez went four for five. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, four for five. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was – no one else had more than one hit. AJ Pollock had one. DH and Jock Peterson had one. Corey Seager had one. Justin Turner had one. Bellinger had one. Betts had one. Monsi had one. So I mean, that, yeah. that is that I like how almost everyone had a hit, but definitely uh, Kike Hernandez kind of put the team on his back a little bit there. You know, yep. got a little cheapy home run there at the end uh, to stretch it to eight, eight to one. Yeah, you know? but yeah. I mean, hey. Listen, home runs a home run. RBI is an RBI. Hits a hit. And so. the Giants' offense did not impress me at all tonight. Or uh, they just—I I don't know. I don't. They're going to be a joke. Look, Hunter Pence. He's not a hitter. I mean, <laughs> like, he, he's in the DH slot. No, you don't I mean, have anybody to put there except for no, Hunter Pence. Well, I mean, Come Hunter on. Pence. He's been doing it for years. Come I'm not going to take on. anything away from the guy. He. Although weird, somehow hits. I mean, he hit over 280 last year. Shockingly enough, he was in the MVP talk last year, which is a little bit crazy to me. But, I mean, still, he's still not bad. I'm not trying to take anything away from Hunter Pence, but if you're hanging your hat on Hunter Pence, and I don't even know how old Pablo Sandoval is, but he's got to be mid to late 30s at this point. If that's who you're hanging your hat on, we got issues. And a, a defensive shortstop and Brandon Crawford – I'm sorry, he's not cutting it anymore. No. Um, I do like their leadoff hitter. Um, I'm not even going to try to butcher his name. They call him Yaz. It's, uh, he's good. He's good. I mean, two for four. He's scrappy. Um, I want to say he's the grandson of the of Hall of Famer for the Red Sox. Like I said, I'm not going to butcher the name again. Um, so I, I do like him. He's young. He's coming up. But there's just not a lot of excitement in watching the no. Giants this year. No, I think I think they're a bland team. I don't think they're oh, going to be super brutal. I don't think they're <laughs> going to be simply the pops. And I think the Dodge, the matchup that we were talking about this earlier today, um, the matchup that we would have liked to see for opening day. Let's see one versus two. Let's see Yankees versus Dodgers. I agree. I think the only reason that the Nationals got that slot is just because they are defending chips. But I'm not trying to take anything away from them. They they had a great you know. Last half of the year, great postseason run. But let's be real here. Let's see the big boys slug it out here. Yeah. You know, especially opening night. Especially after not having baseball for so long. I the would fact love that the Giants it. are on opening night. Okay, yeah, you tell me Buster Posey opts out. You put Buster Posey in that, it is still one of the most boring baseball games I've ever watched. I mean, It was yeah. completely bland until, what was it, like the seventh inning, the Dodgers actually started to finally hit. Yeah, they, they, had put, five up five. Around, they put up five in the bottom of the seventh. Um, Until then, it was like watching paint dry. It was a one-to-one ball game through six. It was like watching paint dry. Yeah, and uh, I know when San Francisco when San Fran scored that first time, you looked at me and you were like, "They have no business being in this game right they have now." No business, and eventually that ended up showing through. But 
warning for all Giants fans, if you're listening. We do have our San Francisco listeners. I'm sorry. I'm just going to apologize in advance for any time that I'm ripping on your team now or in the future. But good Lord. I mean, you might as well just go, like, paint the garage, power wash the (laughs) stairs. Do anything productive. I'm sure you can find something more productive to do. Do anything more productive because watching your team is going to be a tire fire this year. And look, don't come at us with comments on Instagram, okay? Because listen, (laughs) listen, we have to sit here and somehow – muster up the ability to root for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay? Yeah, trust me, we're in the same boat, listen, people. Listen, we're not we're in ripped. the same boat. We we are well aware that our hometown team cannot put the bat on a ball to save their life. All right? Well, it's, well, yeah, kind of that, but it's also the, the pitching. Josh Bell. It's also the pitching. Well, I mean, no, no, no. Hold up, let's not take everything away from our <laughs> offense here. Okay. Let's not, let's not take everything away from our offense. Brian Reynolds, Josh Bell. Okay, but let's say. Oh, yeah, never mind. We can take a little bit away because that's and, pretty much all they got. And the Pirates I, I like the guys. I'm not trying to take anything away from the Pirates either. But they just don't got a lot of ballers. All right. And their yeah. pitching is. Yeah. So. In the garbage. So, hey, Giants one. fans, we will, you know, we, we, we feel you over here. Um, we could We could suffer together in our own separate ways. Yeah. But yes, your team's going to be incredibly boring. Sorry to tell you. Sorry to break you the news. Oh uh, well, if you are listening from San Fran, we're sorry for that absolutely obliteration of your team that we just gave you. But, um, <laughs> but I know Tim, you got a story yeah, for us, yeah. man. Well, I mean, kind of. I mean, talking about not boring, I, I do want to talk uh, about about Juan Soto. I mean, unfortunately, wasn't able to play, which also kind of. Kind of hurt both the, you know, uh, hurt that that first game a little bit. I think it would have been way better with Juan Soto, just because, dude's electric. I mean, he's electric, and it got me thinking. He's twenty one. He's twenty one. He's he's he is twenty one years old. Think about other great MLB players and where they were when they were twenty, because he actually debuted at nineteen, but he ended up being like you know, full-time there at 20. So let's think about where other good MLB players were when they're 20. And we'll stick with, in my mind, whatever the first good lefty outfielders that come to your mind, because that's what, you know, I'm not saying like lefty throw, I'm talking lefty, you know, batting. Uh-huh. Um, so these are the, just the first ones that pop in my head. Barry Bonds, where was he? Triple A. Cody Bellinger, where was he? Triple A. Christian Yelich, triple A. Tony Gwynn. The one of the best, if not the best, pure hitter of all time, Triple A. You know who wasn't though in Triple A at, at nineteen and twenty and twenty one? Ken Griffey Jr. Am I crazy here? No, you're not. Am crazy. I crazy to see the similarity? They. So you look at the Nationals organization. Clearly, they knew what they were looking at with Bryce Harper. I mean, yes, he had a down year, but the dude's still a superstar. The power's crazy. Um, I think he's going to rebound really well this year, actually. But um, So the Nationals clearly know what they're looking at, evaluating outfield talent and offensive talent, to be honest with you. I mean, not Juan Soto, then Bryce Harper. Ryan Zimmerman was their first ever pick. He ended up panning out. So they, they, they know what they're looking at here. Um, they drafted Steven Strauss, but their scouts are good. They know what they're looking at. So they saw Juan Soto. And said, hmm, hey, Bryce, you could just kind of, you know, we'll offer you something. But basically, like, they, they could have offered him more. They could have kept Bryce Harper if they wanted to keep Bryce Harper. 
Uh-huh. And instead they said, we're going to offer you, you know, this not that great, you know, not what he was worth kind of deal because they knew they had Juan Soto right behind him. Juan Soto is, is a budding superstar. I don't care what you say. He's a budding superstar. So let's look, let's look at the Nationals with a healthy Soto. And and a, and a developed Juan Soto, which I would say is like the last two three months of last year, and then the playoffs, mm-hmm. they clearly made a run. They were they started in 1931, or something something like that, 1933 maybe. It was terrible. They were well 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 below 500, and for the first half of the year, and then the last like two months in the playoffs, they kicked it into a different gear clearly, and ended up winning it all. So w- without a good Juan Soto. They got smoked by the Yankees. Well, not smoked, 4-1, but I think it would have even been stretched out further. They had one hit against the Yankees without Juan Soto. Yeah. They went 30 or 19 and whatever last year while he w- while while Soto was just getting adjusted. That was his first like was full that, year starting starting the year and continuing the year in the big league. What was that, 19 and 31, right? I think, somewhere around there. Um and so as a 20-year-old last year, he was still getting adjusted in that first first half of the year. He actually had a, a small um, IL stint as well. So he was kind of had some nagging injuries in his back, his core, which is very hard to deal with when you're trying to swing, throw, run. Core injuries, they can derail, derail people um, for seasons at a time. Um, so I think he was still dealing with a little bit of a nagging injury and still just getting adjusted to being a full-time big leader. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anyone at such a young age being so dominant such a good leader, so smart, educated on the ins and outs, and just like his his approach. I mean, baseball IQ there is just is through the roof, absolutely. And the most important thing, so high. The most important three things I can say is calm. He's calm. He's got such an incredible, just natural charisma to him. His smile, his walk, his swagger. He just you want to be around him, you know. And just his poise. Did anyone else see him absolutely dominate the, the playoffs in the World Series? Anyone else see it? I mean, I could not have been the only one watching a 20 and then in the World Series turn 21-year-old dominate that like that since Ken Griffey Jr. Does anyone remember when he was, quote-unquote, the kid coming to the league with his dad in, in the league already? He was so incredibly hyped up, which obviously rightfully so. But I see a lot of similarities. Sweet swinging, a lot of raw power, mm-hmm. a lot of charisma, the smile, the walk, the swagger. Ken Griffey Jr. was the, you know, this is a clean podcast, but he was, you know, the stuff. He was the guy. He was the man. Yeah. Everyone wanted to be like, everyone wanted to be like him. Mm-hmm. He was so good, so young, so I- raw. Icon. He was, he was icon. a straight up icon. Face of the league. I think Juan Soto's on that path. He's great. Although I did pick Ronald Acuna to win MVP, and actually now that Juan Soto's going to be out for about a week or two, I, I still stick with uh, Acuna as my MVP. But look out for Juan Soto in the next five, ten, and I'd beyond say, years. I'd say the next three years we're going to start seeing big things from that guy. Oh, he's going to be an MVP candidate probably next year. If not this year, maybe even this year. What if he comes back and tears it up for? He right. might miss like five and, games. And what if he tears it up for the next 53, 54 games? And here's the thing: he is so young. He's just so dangerous because he's so young. He has so much time. The, the tip of the iceberg. He has he, he, so it much is the time. Tip of the iceberg. I mean, did anyone else see him go opposite field onto the railroad tracks in Houston? Yeah. And who said? Oppo, like four something. 
just the raw power. It's just and, I, uh, I don't think anything else needs to be said. I think he's going to be great. I think he's already a top ten player in the league, top mm-hmm. top fifteen minimum. I would one hundred percent agree with that. So I, I'm like I'm just I'm just saying I see a lot of similarities between him and him and the kid. Yeah, you think it's crazy? Go back and look. You think it's crazy? Go back and look. Well, I don't think you're crazy, but we do have to get to a break coming up here. Is that all you got for this? Oh, I got. All right. So we are going to get to a break. We will be back. You'll get a Tim's ice cold take, and you'll also get a new segment that we will be trying out. So don't go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss it. Hey, we are back for our second segment of the day. It is the Friday episode, July 24th. And it is once again our second segment. Tim has a nice cool take for us. Absolutely. I actually do want to continue a little bit on what I we end with the first segment with uh the comparison between Griffey and Soto. Okay. Telling you it's not crazy. Okay, let's look at the first season for each of them. So so Ken Griffey Jr. had four hundred and fifty five uh ABs, so a good amount. I mean the next the next however many um, seasons of his career, he's, he's well over five, almost six. But, I mean, still, 455 is a solid amount. He was there most of the year. Went 264, 16 home runs, 61 RBIs. Now, Juan Soto, on the other hand, 414 AB, so similar, definitely similar. Comparable. Yeah, I mean, not not that far off, 414, 444, whatever, same thing. Yeah. Batted 292, okay. 22 home runs, mm. 79. More RBIs. So 70 RBIs. Okay. Pardon me. 70 RBIs. Okay. So we had more RBIs, more home runs, better average. It's not crazy. Let's look at their second year. So Ken Griffey Jr.'s second year, batting average 300, which is very good. Um, RBIs 80, home runs 22. We'll just stick with the three major stack categories right now. So Juan Soto's average, a little bit lower at 282, but still very respectable. Probably, I think that was probably top 15 in the uh, NL, which is – Had to be. Yeah, I mean, um, 34 home runs, more. way more than Griffey's. Yep. 110 RBIs. So through two years, Juan Soto in – so three stat categories, two years of the six total categories, he leads in five of the six. It's not crazy. Both lefty, both play outfield, both emerge at a super young age. Mm-hmm. Telling you people, it isn't crazy. Wait, but I, what's it? Can you go back to this real quick? I want to see something. What were their strikeouts like? I want to so, see what the difference was with that. Juan Soto, um, uh, 2018, his first year, 99 strikeouts. Second year, 132. Mm-hmm. Let's look at. Uh, at Ken Griffey's. Ken Griffey's were significantly lower. First year, 83. Second year, 81. I think that's just the direction the league's moving in. I was just about to say, the, the league is much different, and I don't have a problem with those with those strikeouts. It would be different if he was hitting, like, 222. Yeah. But if he's sitting at 292 and, and 282, yeah. career average 287, if he's sitting around there, hey, I got no problem if you strike out, you know, 115, 120 times a year. I don't need your strikeouts to be like 70 or 80 a year if you're hitting 280 something. Yeah. I mean, like I started to talk about and allude to, the, the game and the league, it's moving in a different direction. It's moving into a more of a home runner strikeout direction. Um, 
you know, back when I mean Ken Griffey Jr. was coming up, you get the it's a little more I mean, it was it was a, a lot more you know bunting and sh- with two strikes, you're choking up on the bat, you're shortening up, you're protecting anything that comes close to that zone. You're starting to see less and less of that. I mean, I know Mike Trout. I've listened to him talk about his approach with uh, two strikes. A lot of players say that their their zone expands with two strikes, and you start to try to cover more of the plate. Mike Trout goes the opposite. And Mike Trout actually says with two strikes, he's going to shrink his zone because unless it's a pitch he's going to drive, he would rather go down looking than swing at a pitch that he could possibly hit into double play. Or he, he would well, rather take that strike out than, you know. Well, it's also, let's look a little deeper. So Juan Soto typically hits third for the Nationals. I'm not trying to knock anyone who hits in front of him. But it happens a lot. So the first two people go down in order. So he's now hitting no one on and, and, and two outs. Hey, I'm all for a two-out rally, but statistically, analytically, one strike, no strikes, two strikes, I would rather Juan Soto take a hack as if he's trying to hit it to the White House. Yeah. I don't know if that's geographically in the right direction, but I don't care. <laughs> I would rather – I mean, I am guessing – probably 30 to 40% of his ABs came with no one on base and and one or two outs. I would rather him take hacks in that situation and try to go yard. I mean, even if you do slap one the other way and find a way to get on base, the chances with two outs that you're going to score from first is is not very good. No, I, I and I agree. And also, if you look at um, mechanically, his swing, his barrel is in the zone for a very long time, which and what that means is – even if he misses, and if, if he tries to go for a home run and misses, it's not the end of the world. I'm not saying misses the ball entirely. I'm saying misses the perfect connection. Uh-huh. Um, so say he doesn't get the exact right hit on the ball. His barrel stays in the zone for so long that even a quote-unquote miss can result in a double, a right. single. And, and what that does and what Tim's talking about is it gives you a better chance of hitting the ball. I mean, if, yeah. if your barrel's going to stay in that zone longer, and it is called barrel drag through the zone – if you can get more drag of that barrel and it drags through the zone longer, you're increasing your chances of meeting up with the ball. Um, so, I mean, like you said, he's great at that. Juan Soto, definitely going to be somebody to watch out for. And I don't think that that comparison with Ken Griffey Jr. is that crazy. It's not crazy, people. It's not crazy. Um, what else uh, is not crazy is thinking Aaron Judge is a superstar. Here comes the cold take. Here is here is my cold take. Nice little transition there. Um Anyone who, you know, you know, Aaron Judge didn't come into the league, you know, setting it on fire. Yes, he started his his career, first A.B., hit a home run. Great. You know, that's sweet. But let's look at that set season as a whole. 95 A.B.s, batted 179, four home runs. Not great. Not great. Does anyone else remember when people were saying he's a bust, he's not going to be able to do it, he's actually too big? These people have – they've got to be out of their mind. They had to have been, they had to have been on some sort of substance. Yeah. <laughs> this dude is an absolute, he looks like a defensive end. If he added 30 more pounds and ate a little bit, ate a little bit more, dude could be a left tackle. I mean, straight up, he could be a lineman. I'd say, I'd say a D end. He's a little more athletic, but let's also, I'm just about to get that. He's also <laughs> quick. He's got, I would say average speed, but he's also like six, eight, six, yeah. seven. Yeah. And if he has even average speed at six seven, who cares? Mm-hmm. And let's not – he's got a cannon of a right arm. Cannon. And 
I don't know. I mean, all these young stars seem to just be so, you know, well-educated, very, you know, well-versed, well-spoken. They just seem, and uh, along with him, uh, along with Soto, um, just that charisma. He seems like a big leader, like I talked about um, in the first segment. Just being at the top, that top step to greet to to greet your teammate, always smiling. And you notice he's always smiling. He yeah. doesn't even have the best teeth, and he's always smiling. Yeah. You know, so I think that's also going to help him, obviously, in the, in the long run. Um, but I, I'm ecstatic that he did very well um, today because I've always been a believer. Um, I mean, let's just look, let's look at some of the stats here. Um, he was first in exit velocity, technically. Michael Lorenzen, who's mostly a pitcher, had technically had a higher average um, exit you. velocity. Yeah. But they uh, on this on this website that I, I checked out, they called you know them events, and Michael Lorenzen had like thirty some events. Judge had like two hundred some. His exit velo- his average exit velocity was ninety six point seven, which statistically means that he hits the ball ninety six almost ninety seven miles an hour like most of the time, like like a lot of time he hits the ball nine almost ninety seven miles an hour. Dude, that's good enough to get out of any park. You put the right launch angle on that, that's good enough to get out of any park. Mm-hmm. And was, you want to look at his hard hit rate? I remember uh, I think that was a week or so ago. Uh, now we're talking when I was talking about Vladdy Junior's hard hit rate. I love the stat. You hit the ball hard, you're going to find holes, you're going to cause errors, you're going to get on base, you're going to help your team win. One of the smartest baseball coaches I've ever talked to or listened to said all the time that if you hit a ball hard on the ground, good things are going to happen for you. Yeah, I know it's kind of little league-ish. These guys in the MLB now, they they always make plays. It seems like, I mean, dude's got like nine, 98% fielding percentages and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm not fully in agreement of that, but if you can hit the ball hard, good things are going to happen. Absolutely, especially if you can keep it low. And I'm not even talking on the ground. Honestly, in Judge's case, if you hit the ball hard in the air, good things are going to happen. He's so big and he's so strong. If you, quote-unquote, hit the ball hard, even if he hits his average at 97 miles an hour in the air a little bit, it's a home run, people. That's a home run. Adam Eaton hit a home run today. It was like 100 and something off the bat. Judge's average is 97. So if he literally just adds a couple ticks, he's hitting the ball almost 400 feet. Yeah. I mean, the thing I would shoot for is by hard hit balls, I'd like to see him either on the ground or at least head high line drives. It gives you the best chance of finding a hole. Sometimes if you sky it, it's a sky ball. No, yeah, I I agree. But he's just so strong. He just needs to get it up there. And he hits the ball. Um, he has a hard hit rate of 57.1. So 57.1% of the time, dude hits the ball. He's going to mash it. (laughs) I mean, he hits the ball hard, and we'll go with hard as 97 miles an hour. Yeah. But actually, I think his top one is 118. Dude mashes the ball. He's dominant. He's big. I I don't understand anyone who ever bashed him. I don't understand anyone who still does. He's going to be a top 10 player for at least the next 10 years. At least. Yeah. He's great. If he can stay healthy, he'll be a top 10 player. Cold take forever, whoever ever doubted him. And uh, here's the thing I want to add to that. You mentioned his charisma, like like Soto. These guys, the legends, the superstars of the league, the Mike Trouts. The Ken Griffey Jr. The Ken Griffey Jr. Listen, they all have something, and the, and what that is is they fit the part. They don't just 
they're not just a great baseball player. They're great at being in front of people and being the – they're a great role models. Yeah, they're a great leader in the community. They're a great leader on the team, on the field. They're great to talk to. The media loves them. They're some of the best people to get interviews with. They fit the part. You have to fit the part to be able to play in the MLB or in the NFL or in any major sports league. If you want to be a star, you have to have that charisma. You have to have that way about you that you are easily approachable, that you're a mentor to the younger players on the team, that you can step up and even fill in in that coaching role almost a little bit. Those are the guys. Those are the guys that you see that are going into the Hall of Fame, a lot of them. Not all, but a lot, I'd say most. Well, I mean, we're talking about great talents matched with that. And, uh, I mean, also you got to get a lot of breaks in your career. Like, I'm not saying – I'm not saying Aaron Judge is a lock to go to the Hall of Fame. Things happen, you know. People get picked with high draft picks and come in as highly anticipated people all the time. And sometimes it just doesn't work out for years, you know. I mean, you can look at it a lot of talent, especially in MLB draft. There's just so many people, and the, the road to actually get to the show is just so long and grueling that um, it's not a guarantee if you have the talent or even the charisma that you're going to be great. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying it definitely helps. Oh, it definitely I mean, helps. That's, absolutely. I think that's what makes you more of a what I would call what I'd put in the legend category more so than just yeah. a great player. And and you even talk about um on more of a local level. Uh, like for example, Jason Greeley. We interviewed him. Mm-hmm. I mean, played in the big leagues for a long time. Had a very I mean successful career i would i would call it successful i mean you know critics can talk or whatever but the guy played major league baseball at a very high level got to an all-star game closed out a wild a playoff game Pittsburgh's first playoff game in 20 years yeah and he is a local legend and i don't think that's just because of the talent no Adam LaRoche mashed dingers here for a couple years and was an integral part of the team for a couple years you don't see anyone still talking about him it, it's that charisma that makes you a leader that draws people to you. And couldn't agree more. Really definitely had that, but um, could not agree more. Yeah. You want to get into a, yeah. Our, so our final little kind of mini, um, almost like game segment, I guess. Yeah. I don't even know. So what I have here and what we are, are going to do, we are going to pick a pitcher. Okay. It, for this time, it's just a pitcher. We could do this with really with any sport. It's almost like a, would you rather, um, so we're going to take the start off the starting pitcher tonight for the New York Yankees, Garrett Cole. Okay. So it's like so, Garrett Cole or, or whoever you name. So I have three other pitchers that I'm going to name. I want to know which one you would take and why. Okay. How are we doing like for the next like 10 years? Are we doing for the next like this year, the next Three years, it, it all depends. What's what's our criteria? Just, just because we haven't really seen anybody yet this year, we're going to project it out for the next three years. The next three years. The next three. I okay, think that three, changes things. I think three is a solid. Three? You want to do yeah, three? Yeah, we'll okay. do three. All right. So the first one I have for you, I have Garrett Cole or Max Scherzer. See, if it was – if it was like 10 years, I would go Garrett Cole. I still might go Garrett Cole. I'm trying to think here. Um, I mean, Scherzer's great. Obviously, he has that swing and miss type of um, 
type of thing. But with that also comes the home run ball, and you've seen it hurt him um, a lot. And also, it's hurt Garrett Cole too. He gave up uh, two home runs in that uh, in the World Series in one game. So I mean, it's tough. I would go Garrett Cole, okay, because I think he's trending up while Max Scherzer's kind of plateauing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take anything away from Max Scherzer. He's still a top five pitcher in the top five, top ten minimum pitcher in the game. Mm-hmm. But Garrett Cole's trending up. I think we're just seeing. You know the surface with him; he's really developing that wipeout slider. It's it's becoming uh, one of the most disgusting pitches of of any pitcher in the game. Uh, Max Scherzer does have a really good slider as well. Like I said, I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but like I said, I think Cole's just scratching the surface. I think in this year and then next year, and obviously the the next three years that we're projecting out, I think he's going to be better. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Um... Now I'm going to go here. I'm going to go Garrett Cole or Justin Verlander. That Three is years. extremely tough for so me. Here, I'll tell you how I think about this first. Okay. My opinion, I go Verlander, and here's why. Verlander right now has more experience. He's been around it longer. Absolutely. Okay. No doubt. I mean, and we're looking here at the next three years. Okay. If we're, if I was looking at five, I it would be Garrett Cole. I see Verlander being a top, a top three pitcher in the league for the next three years. I think that Garrett Cole, he is great. He is like you said, working on that wipeout slider. But I think he has. Two to three years to maybe four years before he really pops and becomes becomes that number one pitcher. See, in the see, see. I'm going to offer you a different perspective. Okay. They pitched together in Houston last year. Yeah. So they had the same pitching coach, same atmosphere. They went about things generally pretty similar. You know, they had the same. They were on the same team. They had the same routine, same travel, all that. Right. And they had the same offense, same run support, this that. You know. But uh, who won the Cy Young? Right, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. So, I mean, that I'm going to offer you that perspective, mm-hmm. and I am going to take Garrett Cole for kind of a similar um, similar reason as to why I would take Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think I just think that um, I think Verlander's not trending down. I still think I actually think Verlander's more in his prime, which is weird. Um, I would say more in his prime than than Scherzer is. I think he's towards the downslope of it, but I think he's still more in his prime, which is weird because he's had almost like a, a, a resurgence. It seems like he went to uh, – he was in Detroit, and then he kind of bounced around or whatever, and he kind of like fell off a, a little bit. Um, I remember seeing his MLB, like the show rating one time, was down at like an 80. Now he's probably, I don't know, probably up to like a 95 or something. He's still – he's now reinserted himself as a top five pitcher. But I, I got to go G. Cole. Okay. I got to go G. Cole. All right. Next one here. Uh, Garrett Cole or Walker Bueller? Walker Bueller. Really? Walker Bueller. Okay. Why is that? You sound pretty oh. – you sound you sound opinionated on this, so I want to get it. Oh, man. Walker Bueller, I, I – he just good. He's so good. <laughs> he is probably one of my favorite players in the league right now. Um, I, I remember seeing a video. It was during this whole spring, spring thing, um, or a summer. You know, this this next little summer summer camp thing. 
and uh, he threw this just this. It was a whole lot bad, and he was setting Mookie Betts up, who is an MVP caliber player, just got one of the top three highest paid contracts ever. And he was just setting up Mookie here and there, and then he finished him off with a wipeout slider. It was absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I mean, look, let's look at his numbers here. 182 innings pitched last year, 215 strikeouts. He has the 3-2-6 ERA, but went 14-4. and four. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even the year before, 8-5, 2-6-2-ERA, um, 151 strikeouts and 137 innings, so I think he is getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I think the proof's in the pudding. He, I mean, he to me, he has better stuff. He might not have the um, the velocity that that Garrett Cole has, but I think the movement and he just seemed to miss barrels more than Garrett Cole. If you look at Garrett Cole's numbers, the home runs he's given up that's been his his bugaboo. That's yeah. been his his Achilles heel, if you will. Yeah. And one of the things we got here going for Walker Bueller, 25 years old, uh, born in Lexington, Kentucky, big baseball town, um, and then went to play baseball for Vanderbilt. He's got the pedigree. He does. Along with him. He just has that, I don't know what it is, just that baseball upbringing around him. Um, I know uh, Lexington, Kentucky is a great place for, uh, for baseball, especially with the weather there, a little bit better than it is here in Pittsburgh, but. Um, I mean that that it can only help. I mean there is there's some concerns. I mean the, his opponent's batting average went up from uh, 2018 to 2019, but I I don't think there's a doubt that he is going to be a top three pitcher, mm-hmm. top three pitcher. So you're going to go Bueller over Cool. I am going to go Bueller over Cool, and look at it. home runs per nine innings is is definitely is significantly lower than 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 Garrett Coles. Yeah, it is. Um so I I'm gonna go I'm going Walker Bueller. Okay. All right. And that's our three pitchers that matched up against Garrett yeah. Cole. So I would take Cole over Scherzer and Cole, Verlander. Cole over Verlander too. And then Bueller over Cole. And then Bueller over Garrett Cole. Okay. Who are you taking in um in that? I mean I think I'm pretty Sounds like you're going Cole. I w- so it sounds like to me. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think Cole is more proven, and I think I think he's more proven not only just in the regular season but in the postseason, and I think that matters. I do think that matters when but- you're a, when you can be a pitcher and you can win the Cy Young and pitch that well in the postseason. I th- that carries some weight with it, and that has to be talked about. Uh, I, I agree, but here's what here's what scares me. Let's look at Garrett Cole. His home run per nine, his his career high with Pittsburgh in 2017, 1.4. Right. And then drops down to 0. 0.9 in 2018, then but then back up to 1.2 in 2019. And we were talking earlier just how much this league is progressing into home runner strikeout. Into a into a home run strikeout type of thing. And if you're giving up a lot of home runs, that's not good. He is a high strikeout pitcher, though, which which kind of you know okay one thing counters that. But I mean, look at Walker Bueller's. Yes, we're gonna take his first year out of it. He had a one point three nine, which was terrible. One point nine three, or yeah, one point nine three. And then he comes back, but he had and then he had a point seven nine last year, point nine nine, but still not Listen, as bad as Garrett Cole's. And I want to look at the differences here because you have to look at what's making these numbers into these numbers. I'm not saying there is a trend. I don't know. Maybe you, you're gonna think differently, but Walker Bueller pitching in the NL. To NL hitters, yeah, the NL has people has Yelich and Belling, Bellinger, but well, he's not pitching Bellinger, but yeah, 
Yeah. Listen, yeah, I'm just saying the NL has some dudes at the plate, but the AL with with the DH, the DH yeah, look, they're, they're you're facing more, you're facing bigger home run hitters in the AL. Yeah, you, I mean, you have true. you're pitching against the the Stantons, the um, judges, the judges. Listen, you got a lot of guys that, that can hit the ball the far of, in yep. the AL. I think there is a difference there, but I. I respect your opinion on Walker also Bueller. also that Garrett Cole he did play at uh, Minute Maid and that had a short short porch in left field so it I don't did. think that helped either. It did. But I I'm taking Walker Bueller. Okay. I am taking Walker Bueller. We'll see. And that just wraps up about this segment and wraps up our episode for today. So just to recap a little bit, great to have baseball back. If you skip to this part of the episode, make sure you go back listen to what we had to say about the games. That was first in our opening segment. Just also wanted to take some time real quick to shout out our Instagram. Make sure everybody goes to the underscore issue podcast on Instagram. Give us a like. Check out our power rankings for the MLB. Check out our predictions uh, on the FC West. You can go uh, get it over to Twitter. Um, Check out our Twitter at just the issue podcast. One word, all lowercase, all normal, just the issue podcast. At the issue podcast. Yep, check it out. yeah, just go go check it out. You never know. We we post there um, pretty much every day on our uh, on our Instagram. Every now and then on our Twitter for some big announcements and such. I think we're gonna start maybe doing more. Um, even like Twitter, almost uh, live kind of updates up to the uh, minute. Yeah, I think you definitely. know big news stories stuff like that. Just kind of more casual. But uh, go check it out. Yep, um, um, I know a lot of we got a lot of young listeners, so um, it's pretty easy for you guys to check out Instagram. I know pretty much everyone has social media, so. Yep, go give us a like and go comment on some of our predictions. Let us know your predictions, and we are already looking over some of these comments, and we will be reading some of them on the air on Monday before our next divisional predictions. Um, One thing I did want to get into, also just ask for some feedback from our listeners, is where are you guys listening? Um, If we need to provide links for the Apple Podcasts, or more for the Anchor website, just or more us, for yeah. Spotify. Just let us know how you're listening. How to make it more accessible for you guys. We we just want to make a, a good product for you guys, so just let us know. We would love the feedback, and we appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to today's episode. That Absolutely. Was... Go. Hold up, hold up. Go rejoice. Go rejoice today. Have a fantastic day watching baseball. Have a fantastic weekend um watching baseball and i think mls is back nba is back on go have fun watch sports nhl will be back soon have a great weekend oh also real quick the seattle franchise for uh the nhl got released the the krakens the krakens Krakens, yeah krakens great to see love the colorway um but yeah go watch sports have a good time we'll be getting some updates on looking into that uh expansion team draft in the n and the nhl so yeah but uh thank you guys for listening yeah have a good weekend And that was the issue. See ya.